Good evening, church. Acts chapter 17 in your Bibles. And Jenny, welcome to our service tonight. We're glad to have you. Uh, she found us and we sort of found her on Facebook of all kinds of places, the Wallingford Public Forum. Uh, she was asking about a church that had a midweek service and uh, Carrier Banowitz uh, happened to see that and responded. So we're just glad, Jenny, that you made it out tonight. Uh, to er the rest of us, remember, there was a day, it was our first time in church, and we knew few, if anybody, here. Uh, and so you go out of your way to make her feel at home, and I promise you she will remember everybody's name, social security number, everything else that you give her, uh, but always be kind uh, to our guests. Uh, if you would, please, would you pray for Greg and Melanie Seely and their family? Uh, they've been in an ongoing situation uh, and this coming Friday, there is just a, a, a major event taking place for them. Some of you are aware of it, uh, and uh, Melanie has just asked me to put it out there and ask if you would pray for them. How many will do that? Uh, Friday's going to be a very long day, uh, and they just really need the Lord's help. So uh, uh, the Bible says to pray one for another, and here's some people that really need us to do that. Uh, I appreciate Brother Tim stepping up and, and helping out with some preliminaries. Uh, he mentioned that I do finally have uh, the appointment with Mass General. The chest pain uh, is always a present issue. Yesterday it ramped up again. Uh, and it's it's got it's not going down. It got a little worse today. Um, I have some medication they gave me. Uh, there's a muscle relaxer that uh, combined with a couple other things helps a lot. But I I don't dare take it. It makes me very groggy uh, and loopy. And I have enough time uh, enough trouble making sense without that. That I thought I'll just wait till after church. But uh, thank you for praying and uh, and we're uh, we're excited that there there is a next step on it. Are you in Acts 17? We're following the second missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. Uh, they have entered into Greece. It is the first time that the gospel has gone to the continent of Europe. And so this is an exciting time. It is a groundbreaking time. In Acts 16, they went to the city of Philippi. And we spent uh, a couple of weeks talking about the establishment of that great church there. Uh, in your New Testament, the book of Philippians was a letter that was written to that church. Uh, from Philippi, uh, they traveled uh, uh, not a, a very long distance to the city of Thessalonica. That is in Acts chapter 17. And they started the second church uh, in that region. Uh, we'll review just a little bit, and then we want to try to tie everything together between last week and, and the new material tonight. Verse 1, now when they had passed through Amphipolis... And Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. Now remember, the Jewish people had the scriptures. We call it the Old Testament in our Bible. Uh, for them, that was the scriptures. They, they believed them. They trusted them. Uh, and they believed that they were entrusted by God with them. Um, and so Paul's uh, general practice was when he went into a town, if there was a synagogue, that's where he started. He used their scriptures to help him understand that their promised Messiah had come. We learn that in verse 2. And Paul, as his manner was. 
So what he did in Thessalonica is what he did everywhere, and we understand that now. Went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Paul didn't just give them opinion, okay? Sometimes we'll tease around here, my son in, in Sunday school or me, uh, whatever, where I do offer an opinion on a particular thing, and I'll say, this is bishology. I can't quite prove it, uh, that type of thing. Well, Paul didn't have Paulology, okay? Uh, he reasoned with them out of the Scriptures two things. Verse 3, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. That was the first thing. The Jewish people were looking for a Messiah. They still are today. But they were looking for a Messiah who was coming to be a ruler who would overthrow the empires of the world and establish a kingdom without end. And that is true in Bible prophecy. We looked at a number of those scriptures about that. But the same Old Testament scriptures that tell of a, of a ruling Messiah prophesied of a redeeming Messiah, one who would suffer, one who would die, and one who would be raised again. The average Jewish person in Paul's day and age, they didn't understand that. They didn't know that that was a part of the ministry of the Messiah. By the way, uh, many Jewish people today don't understand that. Uh, and so forth. So Paul went in and first of all, he took their scriptures, uh, Genesis through Malachi in our Bible, and he went through those very, very thorough and showed them all those promises, those prophecies about Messiah as being the, the suffering redeemer. The second thing he dealt with in verse number three, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. Remember, Christ is not Jesus' last name it is his title. Uh, give me another word for Christ. It means the same thing. Anointed one or Messiah. They, all three words mean the same thing. They are a title. So he's showing them that the Messiah needed to suffer, die, and be resurrected again. Then he pointed out to them that this Jesus of Nazareth that he's preaching to them is that Christ, he fulfilled all of those prophecies and so forth. Um, and we now know that's what he did in every city that he went to as his manner was. Verse 4, and some of them believed. He's in a Jewish synagogue. He's spent three weeks in scriptures. Some of those listening to him believed that message. In other words, they got saved. Along with those Jews who got saved, and began now to uh, join with Paul and Silas, there were a number of devout Greeks. These were proselytes, Greek people, Gentiles, who converted to Judaism uh, because they're searching for truth. And as Paul preached about this, uh, their understanding was enlightened, and they believed that Jesus was the Savior. They also got saved, and of the chief women, not a few. So it's a, what we look at is a, a good start, um, and, and uh, people are getting saved and so forth. But then we saw in verse 5, but the Jews which believed not, they heard the same teaching. They saw the scriptures, scriptures that they all claimed that they believed were the inspired words of God, but they chose not to believe them. The Bible says they moved with envy. 
Probably because Paul and Silas uh, were kind of popular. They were getting a following. They were, uh, they were getting a crowd about them that they themselves could not get. Um, the Bible says they uh, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company. Uh, they couldn't get any godly people to join with them. So they went out and they, they just kind of scraped the barrel uh, and got some uh, unsavory individuals, and they started a, a riot in the city. The Bible says they set all the city on an uproar. They went to the house of Jason. They assaulted it. They're pounding on the doors, throwing stuff at it. This mob is surrounding it. Uh, we learned later that Jason's house is where Paul and Silas and Timotheus were staying while they were there in Thessalonica. Um, and it was a, a, a violent situation. Uh, the magistrates made Jason pay some type of a tribute uh, and, and so forth, basically promising that uh, Paul and his, his crew weren't going to cause any more trouble and so forth. And uh, we learned in verse 10, uh, the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, a, a town about 60 miles away uh, and so forth. So the start of the church at Thessalonica. It is interesting, if you go to Greece today, the region known as Macedonia, that's in the northern part of the Greek peninsula. Uh, the city of Thessalonica is an ancient city. It still exists. There is a church in Thessalonica today that can produce documentations that traces their roots all the way back to Acts chapter 17. Now think about this. How long was Paul there? He was there three Sabbath days, somewhere between three and four weeks. And in that time of his teaching, a church got established. And here we are nearly 2,000 years later, and that church is still in existence. This is the church to which the books of First and Second Thessalonians were written. Now, we've talked about their history. We moved last week to Berea. Notice again in verse 10, the end of the verse, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. What do you think Paul taught in that synagogue? Anybody want to tell me? I can tell you he taught two things. What was the first one? Carson? Yes, that Christ needed to suffer and die and be raised again. What was the second thing he taught? That Jesus is the Christ, okay? You say, how do you know that? Because that was his manner according to chapter 17, verse 2. We now know his modus operandi everywhere that he went. So he's in the synagogue of the Jews, but notice what verse 11 says about this particular group of Jewish people. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. This had nothing to do with their social standing, like nobility, royalty, something like that. It had to do with their character. These were people that had a better level of integrity. They were more honest and upright. They were more sincere and devout than their counterparts uh, 60 miles away in Thessalonica. And here's why the Bible says that of them. Again, verse 11 in that they received the word, that's the scriptures. Both synagogues got the scriptures. They got the exact same message. But here in Berea, they received the word with all readiness of mind. 
That word readiness means that they already had a mindset of we want to know what the Bible says. We, are, we really want to know. Show us from the Bible. They were hungry for it. Um, so they had a readiness of mind. And the Bible says, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So Paul would come in on the Sabbath day, and we now know exactly what he taught, that Christ needed to suffer and, and be uh, killed and raised again, and that Jesus of Nazareth was that Christ, that Messiah. So they learned that on the Sabbath day. Well, these Jewish people in Berea, they would go home with their scriptures, and they just searched through them. Now, their Bibles were in scroll form, kind of like this. Um, in, in um, Jerusalem, in the, the, natu uh, the National Museum in the city of Jerusalem, there was a room that is dedicated to the Dead Sea, Dead sea Scrolls. Uh, my wife and I were there uh, some 22 and a half, almost 23 years ago. And up around the top of the room, enclosed in a glass case, is the scroll of Isaiah that was found uh, in the cave that, that are the scrolls called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And that scroll, when completely unrolled, uh, wraps the entire uh, length around the whole room. All four walls are covered by this uh, this scroll. So there are lengthy things. So now we just say, turn to such and such a chapter. And, uh, you know, we, we can go to chapter 17, verse 11. Um, the, the, the scrolls of the Bible in those days weren't laid out chapter and verse. Uh, you had to kind of know where everything was and follow uh, through the scroll. Sometimes there wasn't even punctuation, that type of thing. These people had to know their scriptures to know exactly where to look. So they're going back, they're unrolling these long scriptural rolls, and they're studying them out. Well, Paul said uh, that the scripture said that, that uh, this was going to happen to the Messiah and this was going to happen. And they're studying out, did, did he teach that in context? Is he teaching it right? So they are going back. Remember, they are more noble than the ones in Thessalonica because they really want to know. So they're studying the Bible daily, daily. Um, it is great that we come to church. It is important that we come to church, amen? The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, we ought to be in church more rather than less. Church is important, but church in our time in the Bible is not a substitute for our time in the Bible the rest of the week. So I'm supposed to read my Bible and study it and learn it on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, but I'm also supposed to study it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. How many got the picture? Okay. That's what these people in Berea were. Whole different mindset. Whole different mindset. The Bible explains it in such a way that that's not what happened in Thessalonica. In Thessalonica, they came on the Sabbath day. They heard Paul opening the scriptures. Remember, he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. But when they went home, they weren't opening up their scriptures to say, is that what the Bible says? Is that what the word of God tells us? They were sitting around just debating it 
well, that's not what I've always heard. Well, I've heard it this way, and this rabbi says this, and so on and so forth. Um, there was a difference in them. So these people in, in, in Berea, they are more noble. And look at verse 12. Therefore, next word, many of them. Looking back over to verse 4, chapter 17, some of them in Thessalonica believed, but in Berea, many of them believed. They had a different heart about it. And when the truth was presented to them because they had that different heart, they trusted it. The Bible says many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men, not a few. Again, also a lot of the Greek proselytes got saved. Uh, it appears that these synagogues were attracting uh, some wealthy people, maybe the, the wives of, uh, of some of the uh, leaders of the town uh, were, were being attracted to the synagogue because they were looking for something more stable than Greek mythology uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, and those people, they came searching for truth. Um, they're believing the scriptures were truth. And when they heard it, and they, they studied it, they too received Christ as Savior, and there's yet another church. This is the third church on the continent of Europe that got established. This is a good thing, amen? Okay, look at verse 13. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea. Now, they didn't hear that some fables were being preached, they heard that what was being preached? The word of God. These Jews at Thessalonica, did they believe that the word of God was inspired? Yeah, they believed it was God's word. Um, and now they're hearing that the word of God is preached down there. They should have been happy and excited. Man, the Bible's getting preached, that type of thing. But notice this. Uh, the Bible says they came thither also and stirred up the people. Those who rejected the gospel in Thessalonica, um, they heard that the word of God's being preached 60 miles away in Berea. Would you understand there was no social media? Would you understand there, were, there was no radio, no television? Uh, there, there was no uh, mass production of, you know, printing press, that type of thing. Evidently, someone had maybe traveled from the synagogue at Berea, had business up in Thessalonica and said, oh yeah, uh, have you met Paul and Silas? Boy, they came preaching the word of God and, and, and it's just an emotion, the most amazing thing. We, we just uh, understood some things about the Messiah we never knew before and we understood who this Jesus of Nazareth was and man, there's just a revival going on, on at Berea. People are getting saved and these unbelieving Jews in the synagogue at Thessalonica weren't Thessalonica weren't happy about that at all. So they traveled all the way down there to stir up trouble um, and so forth. Verse 14, then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. So Paul's going all by himself, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. Paul was the lightning rod. He was the spokesman for the team, uh, the main preacher. And so the, the disciples there for Paul's protection, they sent him away and he's going to go south to Athens. We'll talk about that next Wednesday evening. And Silas and Timotheus, they stayed up in Thessalonica for a while, uh, or I'm sorry, in Berea, and helped further ground that church. Now, I want us to take a moment before we move on to uh, make some observations. 
How many have heard the statement, those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it? History is an important thing. Bible history is even more important. The book of Acts is the history book of the New Testament. It teaches us the history of the early church, and we're studying it as we should to understand how the gospel got around the world at that time, the struggles they went through, the lessons that they learned, and so forth. And we are supposed to learn from this history. Now, I'm going to ask a couple young people to help me. They don't know they're going to do it, which makes it all the more fun. Uh, but I need some people to help me. And Tom Weinshank, could you come up and help me? He's just staring me wide-eyed. Um, and Daniel, why don't you come on up and help me? Tom, would you stand over here? Okay. And Daniel, why don't you stand over here? Okay. Aren't they cute? Their mommies think so. The faces only a mommy could love. Um, we're going to let these two guys each represent a different synagogue. Tom, you're going to be the synagogue at Thessalonica. Okay, you represent all of them there. Good? Okay, and Daniel, you're going to be the synagogue at Berea. Okay, now they're Jewish synagogues. Okay, um, both synagogues claim that what we call the Old Testament is the inspired word of God. Uh, they believe that thus saith the Lord meant exactly that, thus saith the Lord. Both groups of, of Jewish people uh, believe that God had entrusted the Jews with that word and they were very careful about it. Uh, it was people like them uh, that is the reason that we have the Old Testament of the Bible uh, word for word. They, they did such a meticulous, uh, careful job in copying the scriptures as one copy wore out. They meticulously and carefully uh, made the new copies. And, and, and that is the mindset, the heritage of both of these synagogues. Okay, are you with me so far? Now, if we consider back again, Acts 17 and verse number 2, we're at Thessalonica. This is Tom's church, Tom's synagogue. Sorry, buddy. Okay, Tom Synagogue. Um, the Bible says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them in three days, reasoned with them out of the what? Scriptures. So what did Tom get from the Apostle Paul? He got the Scriptures. Okay? So we know that. And we, we've already gone over what it was and what the message was. It came out of the Scriptures. Okay? Now we know that sometime after this, um, he went to, to um, Daniel's synagogue in Berea, and what did he do there? Same thing, how do we know that? Because the Bible says in verse 2, as his manner was. So Daniel's synagogue got the same message from what source? The scriptures. So they both got the scriptures. We right? Okay. Now, I want you to consider this. In Tom's synagogue, only some of them believed it. Only some of them. In Daniel's synagogue, many of them believed it. What was the difference between the two synagogues that we know from the Bible? We don't have to guess on this. 
These people had a readiness of mind. We want to know what the Bible says. When it says they searched the scriptures daily, they weren't trying to find a way to argue with Paul and Silas. They wanted to know if it was true, because if it was true, that was for them. So their readiness of mind, searching the scripture, how often? Daily, Daily, whether those things were so. Is any of that said about these guys, about Tom's synagogue? No. No, in fact, we're pretty sure it was the exact opposite, because God took the time to say that Daniel's synagogue was more noble than Tom's synagogue. Okay, so different mindset here, and over here, some of the Jews believed, a lot of the Greeks did, a lot of the the honorable women of the city did, but as far as the Jews go, who all claim to be Bible believers, only some of them got saved. But over here, many of the Jews got saved, and then you add on to the, the, the Greeks and the honorable men and women and so forth, uh, Big difference in results, am I correct? Um, There's something that we need to learn here. You guys okay? You're going to stand there for the rest of the service. You still okay? Good man. Keep your place here. Turn to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. As you're turning there, I'm going to remind you of the obvious. In Tom's synagogue and in Daniel's synagogue, it was the same preacher... The same message, the same scriptures. Is everybody okay? Same preacher, same message, same scriptures. Totally different results. The big result from Thessalonica, of course, there was a great church established, but I want you to understand from Tom's synagogue was a crowd of people that followed Paul around stirring up trouble, trying to create riots everywhere he went. And and they went down to Berea and did the same thing. The Bereans never followed Paul around trying to mess up his church, trying to create a riot and, and all that kind of stuff. Man, they're embracing the gospel and they're growing in grace and so on and so forth. Same preacher, same sermon, same scriptures. Why different results? Have you ever wondered that? You go out and you try to go soul winning, share the gospel, and you're, you're opening up to the same verses, you're sharing the same truth, and one person receives it readily and they get saved and, and you watch them grow and they get baptized and, and, and start serving the Lord and somebody else just shakes their head no. they don't. Sometimes they'll cut you off right in the middle and you're using the same New Testament, you're sharing the same tr- truth. How many have ever wondered about that? Matthew chapter 13. Um, The Bible says in verse number one, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. He's in Capernaum on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and great multitudes were gathered unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. He was gonna use the water as a natural amplification system, okay? He spake many things unto them in what? parables. A parable is a story with a biblical truth, okay? He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. Now, stop for a moment. How many here 
uh, maybe you grew up in a farm, you have a farm, or you garden. How many are like that? Okay. Um, how many of you, when you garden, you dig rows, and then you plant the, the, the grain, uh, the seeds or whatever, you know, six inches apart or a foot apart, that type of thing, and you measure all those things out? How many do it that way? That's how we did when I grew up. Okay, in Bible days, when they, uh, when they uh, sowed their seed, especially things like wheat and barley and rye and so forth, uh, the farmer would carry the big sack of seed, uh, uh, you know, on him, and he would reach in with his hand, and he'd grab a handful of the seed, and he would spread his arm in an arc like this. As he did so, he'd open his hand, and the seed would go out in a semicircle. It was called broadcasting. That's what they do on the news today they're broadcasting the news to a wide audience and that what that's what it was called it wasn't terribly accurate now today they have machinery that does that uh and and so on and so forth but that's how they did it in bible days so when it says a sower went forth to sow understand what he's doing he's got his seed and he's going like this with it okay would you understand this it is the same sower and it is the same seed in every situation. Everybody okay? All right. Verse number four, when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, the area around the garden or the field um, that was all packed down. It was hardened earth, uh, you know, where they walked around the field, uh, so on and so forth. It fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. The birds were always looking for a free lunch, came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places. Remember, it's not a real exact science, this matter of broadcasting. They could be very good at their job. They learned to be very skilled at it. Uh, but a, a slight breeze could change everything about where that seed was going to fall. Okay? So some of it went where it was intended, and some of it kind of went a little off course. So some's in the wayside. The fowls of the air devoured up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. When I was a boy on the farm, every spring we went out and we had, after my dad plowed up the garden, uh, we would walk through and toss out all the stones. No matter how many years we had a garden there, there were always more stones. It's like they grew in the wintertime. Uh, and so we had an area on, on, on the sides of our gardens uh, that, that were just piles of stones. So that would have been the situation here. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. They were... they. Uh, fell in among the stones, the birds couldn't get to them. Uh, and so the little plant grew up um, and so forth because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. The, the stones covered the ground. And so those roots couldn't get down inside. They weren't protected from the elements. When the sun came up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns. That's the weeds on the side. We always had that as well. Um, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. That means some of the seed produced a hundred times uh, it, its, its uh, amount. And it, it, I mean a lot. That was a great harvest. Some sixty times, some thirty. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So he's got this multitude out here. He's telling them a story that they all understand, okay? They've, they've all been there, and I'm going to get back to Tom's synagogue and Dan's synagogue in just a minute, okay? Um, and so it's there. He, he's got 
um, uh, some questions from his disciples. Verse 10, the disciples came, said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why aren't you just coming straight out with them? Um, he said, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. The Lord knew who he was talking to, and he knew that most of the people he was talking to really didn't want to hear what he had to say. Most of them were there to get some bread. Most of them there for some kind of a miracle. Uh, when it came to his teaching, most of them didn't want it. We know that from John 6. Uh, he he uh, fed the multitude with five loaves and two fishes, uh, 5,000 men plus women and children. The next day, the same crowd came out. He didn't feed them at all. He taught to them, I am the bread of life, and explained the truth of the word of God to them. And they all got offended and went away home because they weren't there for that. They were there for bread. Sort of like today, a lot of people, they want to come to church not for the teaching of God's word. They want to come to be entertained. They want to come to be made to feel good, that type of thing. Uh, so he, he tells them that, and um, the disciples, they, they wanted to know a little bit more about some things. Look at verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He is going to explain it now. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, that's the word of God, that's the Bible, and understandeth it not. In this case, it just means their mind is closed. They don't want to know what God says. They don't care. Um, uh, their mind is closed. Then cometh the wicked one, that's the devil, catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which received seed by the wayside. So it wasn't that there was something wrong with the seed. And it wasn't that there was something wrong with the sower. What, what had something wrong with it? The ground. The ground did. If you will, in this case, the ground represented the heart of man. Okay? It wasn't the seed. It wasn't the sower. It was the heart. He goes on, look in verse 20, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and anon. That word anon means immediately, without, without question, without pause, even without thought. Anon with joy receiveth it. Wow, this sounds so great. This sounds really awesome. A lot of times it's because, man, this is new. I never heard uh, anything like that before. Um, yet it says, um, yet he hath no, not root in himself but dureth for a while. He's okay with it for a while. He never lets it really get down on the inside of his heart. It's a novelty. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he's offended. So this person receives an exciting mind. Man, this just sounds like an awesome thing. But as soon as it, as, as soon as it means you have to make a choice, as soon as it means you have to make a change, as soon as it means you're going to have some opposition. I, that's not what I want. I, I, I want the free ride to heaven. I'm good with that, but I don't want anything else that goes along with that. By and by, he's offended and brings forth nothing, no fruit whatsoever. Okay? Verse 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. Remember, it's same seed put there by the same sower. Okay? So he, received, he heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. The minute it starts costing them something, uh, the, the minute um, 
God starts saying, take up your cross and follow me. The minute the Lord says to one of them, like he did to uh, James and John, who were in their father's boat serving, they were fishermen by trade, and the Savior said, I want you to come after me, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets, they left their livelihood and went to follow Christ. God had a different plan for their lives. Well, the people here that received the scene among thorns, they wouldn't have followed Christ. Oh, no, no, time out. I have my life planned out. Oh, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm not going to go into the ministry. I'm not going to the mission field. I'm not tithing. I'm not giving the mission, missionaries. And all of a sudden, the deceitfulness of riches. By the way, don't riches promise to make us happy? How many of you have ever told the Lord, God, if you let me win the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes, boy, I'll tithe. And Anybody here ever do that? I keep thinking, boy, I could, man, I wouldn't have any bills and all this kind of stuff. Uh, money doesn't really make people happy. Look at Hollywood. Look at the mess those people are. Um, you know, that type of thing. Money, money doesn't do it. The deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Remember, same seed, same sower. But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. He wraps his mind around it. Remember in Acts 17, can I read you that, that description of the people at Berea? These were more noble, we're talking about Daniel's synagogue now, than those in Tom's synagogue in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. That's what it's talking about. They understand it. He's, they've got a heart in the mind. So I want to know what God says uh, and search the scriptures daily whether those were so. Again, back in Matthew chapter 13 and, and verse um, 22, he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also does what? Beareth fruit. As believers, the proof that we have that we're truly a believer in Jesus Christ is that we bear fruit. Over and over again in the Gospels, you'll see the Savior making the statement, by their fruits, ye shall know them. The uh, wayside produced no fruit. There was, there was no growth. Nothing happened there. The stony place produced no fruit. Died the moment it was going to be a challenge to them in any way. The thorny ground produced no fruit because the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world were more important to them than the things of God. But the good ground is the one the Bible just simply says, bore fruit, bore fruit. We need to stop and ask ourselves here, are we bearing fruit? Are we bearing fruit? Question, an apple tree bears what kind of fruit? Apples. A pear tree bears what kind of fruit? Pears. Um, a corn stalk bears what? Is this too tough? We okay? Okay. And an orange tree bears what? A Christian bears. So are we bearing fruit? Are we bearing fruit? There are, there are people that occupy churches like this that have never led a single person to Jesus Christ. How can that be? How can that be? We're supposed to bear fruit. So again, he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So we've got this parable. Remember, same sower, same seed, 
but four different results because it landed in, in four different heart situations. Let's go back to Acts 17. You two guys doing all right? Thank you. You don't look very happy at all. You look like I could do this all day long, okay? I should maybe switch you. I don't know. Okay, Paul comes into Tom's synagogue in Thessalonica. Uh, as his manner was, he uh, reasons to them out of the scriptures which they claim to believe. Okay, he, he opened and alleges that Christ has to suffer and die and be raised again and Jesus of Nazareth is Christ. And some of them believed. Far more Greeks believed than the Jewish people. They all claimed to believe the Bible, but some of them, only some of them believed. Most did not. And from the ones who did not, uh, they started a riot. From, and by the way, the ones that started the riot claimed to be Bible believers. How's that for you? Um, the ones who try, tried to start the riot in Berea came from this group, and they were the ones who claimed to be Bible believers. And when the Greeks went down to Berea, it was the Jews from Thessalonica that went down there and tried to stir things up there. Okay? Paul goes down here, and we know as his manner was, he did the same thing in Berea that he did up there. But instead of some of them believing, many of them believed. There was a whole difference in how things went. And God said, God already told us, uh, it's because they were more noble than the people up there. Can I give you a description that goes along with these two churches, Tom's Synagogue and Dan's Synagogue? These were the people that said, I know the Bible says, but. Have you ever heard that? Well, I know that's in the Bible. I, I know the Bible says that about salvation, but. I have my own ideas. I know the Bible says, but. These were the people that responded, I know the Bible says, so. I know the Bible says you must be born again, so I will be born again. I know the Bible says I should tell the truth, so I will tell the truth. I know the Bible says I should go to church, so I will go to church. I know the Bible says, and you can add anything onto the rest of it, just take any verse you want, so I will do that. Or by the way, it could be I know the Bible says, so I'm not going to do what the Bible says I shouldn't do. The Bible says I shouldn't lie, so I won't lie. The Bible says I shouldn't gossip, so I won't gossip. The Bible says I shouldn't sow discord among brethren, so I won't do that. The Bible says I shouldn't have lustful, uh, immoral thoughts, so I won't. Okay? That's their response to the scriptures. Up here it's, well, I know the Bible says, but I don't really see it that way. I know the Bible says, but I really don't think it's that bad. So you've got a Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonican synagogue, and very little fruit. Some of them believed. By the way, of those that believed, God built a great church that's still going on today as far as we can tell. Okay? Those who did believe, that's the good ground. But sadly, it, it, it appears that the majority of that synagogue weren't that way at all. And they went on to build a nasty testimony for themselves. Can I, Follow me. 
Tom comes down to Berea. Does he claim to be a Bible believer? Sure he does. So he comes down here to Berea. They have searched the scriptures. They have trusted Christ as Savior. They're growing. There's something about them. God said that they're just, they're just a noble group of people. They've got that spiritual integrity. So Tom comes down here. Is he coming down to have prayer meeting with them? Coming down to go out soul winning with them and help them have a big day. What's he coming to do? Split their church. Cause strife. Cause division. Claiming to be a Bible believer the whole time. Go back to Thessalonica. <laughs> do you understand that God put this in the scriptures for us in the book of Acts? We're not supposed to read this as a history book and say, hmm, isn't that something? We're supposed to take a step back and look at it and say, so, which group of people best describes me? Oh, I know the Bible says, but. Or I know the Bible says, so. These are the ones that bear the fruit. Um, these are the ones that persecute the people that are bearing the fruit. That's a sad way to be. This year will mark 43 years of ministry for me. It will mark uh, 32 years of pastoring. Um, I, I have dealt with people in some cases for decades that they're no different today than they were the first time I met them. Zero growth. Zero change. Zero fruit. Question. Thessalonica or Berea? Which one? Zero change, zero growth, zero fruit. Which one? But I know the Bible says but. Um, I, I, I can go back to Jeanette, Pennsylvania, and I get to do that every couple of years. And uh, when I was there for the uh, 30th anniversary of the church two years ago, uh, they had a luncheon in, in the afternoon. And they had all the people that were there from the first year of the church when I was there. Tim, you would have really enjoyed uh, just seeing the people there. And, you know, we're just kind of all gathered around. And with, with every one of them, I could just look at them. And, boy, I, I could tell you some stories about them. The one gal used to call Trina every day. She was on welfare. She had two or three kids. Her husband was in jail for killing somebody, I think. But she used to call every day. And uh, she cussed like a sailor. I mean, cussed like a sailor. And Trina would say, I'd, I'd be holding my phone out, out to here. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. And, and Trina kept saying, someday, Pam is going to remember how she talked when she called me. And she's going to go, I can't believe I talked to the pastor's wife that way. And that day actually came. Pam teaches Sunday school, sings in the choir, has for decades and decades. Her daughter's the church pianist, beautiful, godly young lady, uh, winning people to Christ. Pam has seen almost her entire family come to know Christ as Savior. Her mom and dad ran the books for the mob in Jeanette. Ta-da. Pam got to win almost her entire family to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a Berean Christian. That, that's, what, that's what happens. And I realize we don't all come from that background. 
Thank the Lord if you, if you got to be born and raised in a Christian home and, and that has never been a part of your past. But man, once you got saved, you ought to be growing in grace. There ought to be constant change and depth. And you ought to be bringing forth fruit. So as we close, we ask this question, which group, Tom Synagogue or Dan Synagogue, best describes up? I believe the Bible, but preacher can preach on certain things and we're just furious at him and somebody else is hearing the same sermon from the same preacher at the same time and God's getting a hold of their heart and God's doing something great in their heart and we're mad. I know the Bible says but or I know the Bible says so. Which one describes you? Which one describes me? We're, we're one of those two. Thank you, gentlemen. Didn't they do a great job? Let's give them a big hand. The Academy Award goes to. Get out of here. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the Bible.